0: We have millions upon millions of Americans who are still struggling with COVID. We have 11 now, 12 million Americans who have experienced COVID in some capacity. So that's 12 million families and communities that are at a loss. I think we're up at like 315,000 Americans who have died. And now, of course, Republicans will tell you, well, that's such a small percentage of the 330 million people in America. It's like, well, you tell that to someone who's about to have the holidays and not have mom, dad, brother, sister, grandma there when it could have been avoided. Hello, and from the Grio, I'm your co-host, Dr. Christina Greer. And I'm
1: your co-host, Dr. Jason Johnson, and you're listening to What's in It
0: For Us. Hello, Dr. Johnson. Okay, this week we have a lot. Guess what? Russia likes to hack into our stuff and steal. And what does that mean for black people? That's one. Number two, it seems like vice president and president-elect Joe Biden are filling in so many different cabinet positions and great positions of authority in the American government, but I'm not sure if it's really substance over descriptive politics. I want to talk to you about that. And we're still waiting for the AG nod, which I think is going to be somebody that is not going to make me happy. Number three, the vaccine on the market. My sister took it. I know quite a few people who are healthcare providers that are signing up and they've already taken their first shot. What does that mean for Black people, especially since we don't trust the federal government or the medical system? And the last thing, why can't the white media understand that Donald Trump is a threat? (laughs) Until January 20th at 2 p.m., we are not safe. What is going on, Dr. Johnson? Talk to
1: me. Okay, so first and foremost, did anybody really expect Joe Biden to... Look, he's not Pat Riley. He's not putting together a team of great Black talent that's going to win championships. I don't know why people are surprised by that. The media never understood that Donald Trump was a threat from the very beginning. So I don't see how they're going to see that he's a threat now. And this COVID vaccine, look, I'm happy it's out there. I'm happy that some people are getting, but it's going to take months before people trust it, which is why we ask this same question every week. What's in it for us?
0: Okay, Jason, we got to talk about something that was on our timeline this week. Two things. One, on the solstice, the solstice, S-O-U-L-stice, Black folks were supposed to wake up with superpowers. The only superpower I woke up with was being hungover and oversleeping. But we thought that we were told that we would wake up and we'd be able to jump over buildings and like- And get dragons. We were supposed to get dragons too. Oh, we were supposed to get dragons. That's why I kept seeing things about dragons. Yes. Okay, so my superpower is dealing with white supremacy and I've been doing that pretty well for 40 some odd years. So I was like, okay, well, still holds. Where did this come from? Because I'm a little older now. A little. And these things just come across my timeline. And I'm like, wait, what is this super superpower <laughs> conversation? Because I'm getting all these texts from random friends from across the country. Like, hey girl. You get your power? What's your superpower tomorrow? <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Who came up with this? And where did it start? Do you know?
1: This is the funniest thing, Dr. Greer. First off, I heard about this first from one of my former students, then a former mentee, who are both comic book being like, yo, you got your powers? You ready to get your powers? I was like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. One of them was calling himself Spider Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amen. I
1: was like, what is this about? Here's the interesting thing about Twitter and Black Twitter in particular. The original tweet that talked about this whole thing, that tweet never even went viral. It's just all the ratios of people saying how ridiculous it was. That tweet alone has 600 something retweets. It became a thing and we were all prepared for our powers. I, as you can see- You are ready. I got my superhero shirt. I'm ready. Well,
0: this is a great transition because I'm a loyal citizen of Zamunda. I could take or leave Wakanda, to be quite honest. I was like, oh wait, y'all could have saved Black people from government shot wounds and you chose not to? And you left your child in Oakland? You left your nephew? Really? What kind of family is this? Really?
1: We're going to do respectability politics? We are a constitutional monarchy. I didn't say that
0: I was part of the royal family. What if I was part of the Zamunda Liberation Front? I could have been a part of that, but I am a loyal citizen of Zamunda. Which brings me to the trailer. Now, you know, I have written a book called Black Ethnics, Race, Immigration, and the Pursuit of the American Dream. It is basically a way for me to write about my favorite movie since I was 10 years old and Make it seem like it's academic. But I'm obsessed with the movie. I know every single line. I know every single intonation, every breath, every pause. And so I wrote a whole academic book about it after I wrote my dissertation about it. I am very concerned about a sequel. I tend not to like sequels. I happen to be at an event where Kenya Barris was in it. This is when we were just talking about a sequel. I went up to him and accosted him. (laughs) And I was like, sir, I'm hearing some rumors. I don't like this. This is why the movie's perfect. This is why I don't want your hands on it. Yada, yada, yada. And he politely says, I'm sorry. Who are you again? Security. I was like, I'm a concern." citizen. <laughs> because this movie means way too much to too many people to be diddling and dabbling. And I'm not sure if I like the premise. I'm not sure if I like this kind of Black Americans with these faux African accents. We have 30-something years where we're like, mm, that's not okay. There are a lot of things that were accepted in the 80s that were funny where I don't know if they hold up in 2020. So, are you excited? What's going on? When I tell you, Jason, it's my family, that's my Mount Rushmore of things I care about. Black people, City is my family and Coming to America.
1: There is no movie that to- Reaches that level. So, okay. So, there's a couple things about this. I don't mind sequels as long as you keep characters and as long as you can keep with the same thing, i.e., why. Hold on.
0: Name some sequels that are okay, that are like as good as the first.
1: Beverly Hills Cop 2 is better than the first. What? Oh, it's better than the first one. Significantly better. Beverly Hills Cop 2. What's the famous line from Beverly Hills Cop 2? It is the zenith of the action comedy.
0: Go ahead. Take the bananas. That's
1: the first one. Okay. So, Beverly Hills Cop 2. The Matrix 2 is actually better than the first one. Well, those movies are trash. Go ahead. You know, I don't like the Hater on science fiction. The Empire Strikes Back is actually. Better okay, than Star I'll give Wars.
0: you that, but that's technically number five. You're
1: like discounting all the things that I happen to mention. There are several instances where sequels are actually as good, if not better than the original, if it continues the storyline. Now, I tend to be apprehensive if the sequel is 20, 30 years later. Like we're supposed to getting a sequel to Top Gun that was supposed to come out this summer. <laughs> I don't care. All these men are old.
0: Tom Cruise in a wheelchair? What are we doing? What
1: is it, drones now? A bunch of kids playing video games? That doesn't make any sense to me. But if you want to do this movie, here was the only thing that mattered. Matter to me, and I say this as somebody who believes in sequels. I have my commentary about the Black Panther sequel. Yes, they should recast Akala. A Coming to America sequel works the same way. They brought back a lot of the original cast. You want to be part of the Zamunda Liberation Front with Wesley Snipes? That's fine. Just make sure you've paid your taxes because that's how they get you. I think it's a good idea because it looks funny. If it wasn't funny, I'd have a problem. But I saw the trailer and I actually laughed. And I was like, okay,
0: if it's going to be funny, I'll watch it. Obviously, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it the second it comes out because I have to have all the things to say, and I'll probably write seven million think pieces about it. Um, I hate
1: you are I'm... a hater. I'm finishing your sentence. You are a <laughs> hater. And you are a curmudgeon. A you are Dr. Curmudgeon who doesn't like New thing. That's what this is. That's true.
0: But that movie does hold such a special place in my heart. I am interested to see the costuming because it was so brilliant the first time. Right. I am interested to see how they present Queens yeah. because Queens is some gentrification. Mm-hmm. Fast food because a lot of Black folks are being told to move away from fast food. Right. like What happened to the McDowell family? And I really hope John Amos is in it. I saw his name, but I didn't see him in the trailer. I love Tracy. Morgan. Listen, I didn't like Tracy Morgan for a really long time, but you know, I'm a 30 Rock fan, yeah, so I, the nuance of his performances uh, are yeah, just, I, yeah. well, I have some thoughts about some other people in the movie that like, <laughs> I'm going to mess up with the GRIOS funding. So we'll have to wait and see. I am curious about this though. Okay. We've had conversations about our Ado's friends. Yes. And we've had tense conversations about African immigrants in the United States mm-hmm. and how they feel as either first generation, second generation, and the duality and also the complexity and some of the tensions they have with Black Americans. I am curious as to what kinds of larger diasporic conversations this will spawn when you have a whole bunch of Black Americans putting on fake African accent to talk about Africans, quote unquote Africans from a made up nation in America.
1: I have no diasporic conversations. It's a comedy movie. It is 40 years old. It's coming out near my birthday. We can live zoom it together, Dr. Greer, mm-hmm. and comment and everything else. I was like, which is what we're going to do. But I'll also say this, and I believe this is by my heart. The opening clip where they redo the barbershop scene, I think that speaks to what you're talking about where they're almost yeah. mocking some of the inappropriate jokes that you could get away with 40 years ago. So I actually think that speaks to the fact that the movie is going to evolve in its own way and still be funny. That's all I'm looking forward to. It's going to be funny. There's going to be people who hate it. There were people who hated Black Panther. There's people who hate Annie Bellum. There's people who hate anything Black. Look, there were people who were mad about Black people getting superheroes, right? Yesterday they were like, oh, yeah. we can bring together some superpowers, but We can't bring together to start Black businesses. Stop it. You kill Joyce.
0: <laughs> I just remember when Donald Glover was being talked about a Spider-Man, which I thought was genius because I think he's exactly. genius. But I mean, people were acting Apoplectic.
1: Settle down, people. Killjoy Twitter is always trying to wreck everything. Let me have my movie. That's all I care about. Let me have my movie.
0: What's interesting is that Killjoy Twitter is a mess, but Black Twitter remains undefeated because, well, this is also just really quickly before we have to wrap up. You know how Twitter was basically about to be a dinosaur? Yeah. And then your president comes in and that's his only means of communication. Mm -hmm. And not only has it been revitalized, but also this emergence of Black Twitter in the last four years has really become this robust cultural touchstone. Do you think that when Trump is out of office... Which will happen. Do you think black Twitter is established enough where we'll stick to that venue, or do you think we'll shift off and you know, I'll be on Clubhouse or oh God, I hope not. It's so chaotic. No, 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 We're not doing Clubhouse. You think Twitter will stick around? I don't want to have a conversation and debate with strangers. That's just me. My
1: thing is, unless black folk are gonna truly like do an exodus and create our own version of Parlor, this is right. gonna be like a black den or a black get into clubhouse or something. No, we're going to stay on Twitter because it remains the most accessible social media outlet out there. We have Black Planet. We were dueling with Black Planet and my MySpace for a long time. Facebook was never as dominated by Black folk as Twitter is.
0: I've never been on Facebook a day in my life. You know what? Because
1: you are curmudgeon. Let's make that happen. Whenever she says something like this, we're going to put on podcast. (laughs) Curmudgeon. But yes, for those of us who've been on Facebook, like 88% of America, and I'm also going to add this. This would be okay if Dr. Greer was straight hotep conspiracy theorists like I am low-key. Like, I never got on Facebook because I know they were going to use it to put the mark of the beast on my hand before they gave me the vaccine. I would believe it. But no, you didn't do Facebook because you're just a curmudgeon. Anyway, Well,
0: I mean, hey, listen, I don't want them taking over my third eye. Do you overstand what I'm trying to say to you here? (laughs) I overstand, Jason. I totally overstand. (laughs) So that's what's in it for us this week on our timelines. talk about the Russians. If he weren't so dangerous and evil, I would actually think he want to hang out with him real fast because he seems like the most gangster <laughs> dude. It's like, hey, guess what, America? I have such control over your president. I'm going to contradict him when I feel mm-hmm. like it. I'm literally going to hack your stuff, but I'm not even going to try and cover my no. tracks. We know that we've been hacking one another for decades. That's just how we roll. But he's like, no, I kind of actually want to make it sloppy and janky so you know that I've been doing mm-hmm. this and I'm going to do it and your president's not even <laughs> (laughs) going to call me out. Everyone else is going to be running around like, how could this be? And your president is going to side with me over you all. Over 330 million Americans over the protection of American democracy. He's going to go with me because it's like Gargamel and Azrael. He's just Azrael. (laughs) And Putin's Gargamel. He's like, look at this fool. I can do whatever I want and he's right here. And I think for Black people, it's one of those stories that came in on our timelines, but we have so many other things going on with COVID. Cities and small businesses struggling. Rising crime rates in major black cities. There are a lot of other things that affect us directly, but this actually still affects us because they're stealing records. They're really weakening our entire democratic structure, small d democratic structure, and Putin's just like, and what?
1: Putin is like LL in the 90s videos. I'm gonna leave my drawers on the kitchen table, just so your man know. <laughs> I've been here, and I'll be back. Here's my toothbrush. He has no shame about mm. what he does. He's the type of guy. That is Vladimir Putin. Oh,
0: you know who he is? What's the dude's name from dead presidents who, when Lorenz Tate came back from the war, and he was basically like the pimp who was taking care of Buche, right? Lorenz Tate, Lady Love, and his baby mama, and the daughter. And he was like, listen, I was your man when your man wasn't here. (laughs) Who's basically like, I'm up in this. (laughs) And what (laughs) you gonna do? He's just greasy in a Cadillac. Riding by American democracy. Greasy before Z. Greasy. There's a reason why he
1: remains popular with a certain segment of the Russian population. Because they like a dude who's just a little gangster. He doesn't really care, because he knows that the United States won't do anything. In fact, quite frankly, the last president to really do something against Russia was Obama. Bush didn't really Mm -hmm. do much. I mean, Bush rattles sabers, but Obama literally threw them into a recession by messing with oil prices. Obama was like, oh, for real? Y'all going to keep saying all this racist stuff to me? I'm going to mess with your oil prices, and then you're going to be bankrupt, and then your oligarchs are going to want your
0: head. And you'll starve yourselves again. Basically, though, but now Putin's just walking around with the equivalent of gray sweats (laughs) and white teeth, just like, and what? Looking fine and bold with it.
1: Sitting all up in the house. You can tell my aesthetic. If America was a couch, Putin has been saying F your couch for like four years. Right, basically. (laughs) He's like with his muddy boots. So
0: with your muddy boots, you have made it very clear that Donald Trump works for you. So much so that even weak-willed, noodle-spined Republicans are saying like, ooh, goodness, this looks really, really bad. And this could be really, really bad in the future. So as we transition from the Trump administration to an upcoming Biden administration, looks as though Biden's trying to put people in position to actually protect us. And so there's some questions that are rising where it seems as though Biden has talented people, but none of them seem like they're in the right position. It's almost like peanut butter and no jelly. Really? What would be an example of that, Dr. Greer? What, pray tell? Marsha Fudge, why are you in HUD when you could be in agriculture? Hey, Pete, why are you transportation when you could be Veterans Affairs? Susan Rice, domestic policy. When was the last time you did anything in domestic policy? The people are smart, but they're all in the wrong position. So it's like, hey, Michael Jordan, I want you to play quarterback. Tom Brady, I want you to play center or like power forward, Tiger Woods. All right, so you're going to snap the ball. i feel like, why are these people doing this? It makes no sense
1: to me. It's the administrative version of Freaky Friday and they're just switching bodies and it never really works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really make any sense. And I agree with you. First off, this is concerning me. And maybe it's just coincidental, but it's concerning me that they're trying to turn HUD into the black people administrative position. It just really feels that way. Fudge, she has a very diverse district. It technically works better for her to be at HUD than agriculture, but there are tons of people who could have been picked for agriculture. You've got African-American members of Congress who represent rural districts, who know the struggles of Black farmers. That's one of the things that didn't make any sense to me. I've said the same thing about Lloyd Austin. It's like, hey, you're trying to have a restorative presidency. Why are you already trying to break the rules to have somebody come in for Secretary of Defense? And Doug Jones, if he makes Doug Jones or Merrick Garland AG, it is the clear reminder, I hope every meeting with Joe Biden gets leaked from now on. I hope every Black person leaks it from now
0: on. Well, here's the thing, Jason. Word on the curb is, it is Doug Jones. You've got a loser from Alabama who's about to be AG. That's what's yeah. happening. And it looks like the number two is going to be another Southern fried rando that is a very clear message to Black folks where it's like, we need a complete restructuring of the Attorney General's office because of the shame that Bill Barr and Jeffrey, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, two white nationalists that you're named after. So we don't need someone like Doug Jones who's like, first of all, Doug Jones, Black women got you in there. You were meal-mouthed as a Democrat when you were in there. I'm not exactly sure if you're Skill set to be AG. So here we are. And it's like, Joe Biden, listen, I'm trying to work with you, brother. I'm trying to work with you, but you're making it difficult. You know how in academia, when they don't want to hire a person of color, and they're always like, well, I don't really know about the the (laughs) fit. I'm putting those words back. I'm like, I'm not sure if this is a good fit. And if it is a good fit, I need them to walk me through why at this point in 2021 that Doug Jones would be the best person to not only move the agency forward, but to rehabilitate it. I mean, what Bill Barr has done is borderline criminal.
1: I've said this for a long time. They have to go through every single federal agency with a fine tooth comb and remove Trumpets like you're getting rid of the bath party in Iraq. That's what you have to do. You've got to get rid all of these people. I'm not saying Republicans. I'm saying Trumpists. I'm saying these unqualified yeah. nincompoops who managed to get positions because they were a friend of a friend of a friend. They finished one half year of law school and somehow they got it because our agencies have been infected. It's like termites with these kinds yeah. of people who've come in and are burrowing away at the foundations of our government. And if we don't do something about it, we're going to have long-term problems because these people are going to mess up the works downtown. And I'll say this about Doug Jones. Pick Sheryl Eiffel. Seriously, grab somebody. And I'm sure Eiffel would say no, but there are other people you can pick other than Doug Jones.
0: She could give you a list of actually 15 qualified black people. Thank you. Cheryl Eiffel doesn't want to do it, then she could. But P.S., there are two things that you just said that warmed my heart because it's the holiday season. One, you said unqualified poops. And I was like, oh, Jason had a black grandmother. (laughs) That's clearly something that a black grandmother would say either to you or about somebody when they've done wrong. And two, my grandfather used to call me and my sister the termite when we would go down south to visit the family because he says we would come in there and eat everything but <laughs> He's like, oh, the terminal are here. He was tight on the money. Okay. So while we're trying to figure out what's in the top administration, we have millions upon millions of Americans who are still struggling with COVID. We have 11 now, 12 million Americans who have experienced COVID in some capacity. So that's 12 million families and communities that are at a loss. Say nothing about it. I think we're up, sadly, at like 315,000 Americans who have died. And now, of course, Republicans will tell you, well, that's such a small percentage of the 330 million people in America. It's like, well, you tell that to someone who's about to have the holidays and not have mom, dad, brother, sister, grandma, there when it could have been avoided. So there's the vaccine. Pfizer and Moderna both have vaccines on the market. Fauci has taken the vaccine. Joe Biden has taken the vaccine. My sister, who's an MD in Philadelphia, was one of the first to take the vaccine. She's also trying to structure it because she fundamentally understands that a lot of Black folks, A, don't trust the U.S. government for good reason. B, this is not the syphilis experiment. They're not targeting Black people to take it. Trying to recognize and talk clearly and concisely in historical perspective about what happened to Black people with the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, but helping them recognize this is not anywhere near what that is. And then three, just education about the vaccine. It is not a live vaccine. You are not getting a part of COVID when you take it. It is a two-step, so you have to sort of go back. This is something where Black physicians, by and large, have been taking it in a very out way because they want to sort of break down the stigma about what the vaccine is. Are you concerned that Black people won't take it? What are your thoughts on
1: that? I just wrote a really, so Bring Peace in ProPublica about how COVID has hollowed out a generation of black men. One in 800 black people have died of COVID, not sick, died of COVID. And it's killing black men more than black women. And I've said this before, and it's the logic I've hit a lot of people with. My chances of dying from the vaccine are significantly less than my chances of catching and dying from COVID, period. It's just that simple. We don't have any record of anybody dying of the vaccine yet. If that happens, let me know. But we do have nine months of our people dying of COVID at a rate higher than we died during the Middle passage. So I think what you have, you've got some loud, paranoid voices out there saying, I'm not gonna do it. You've got your hoteps, your hidden corners of YouTube complaining about it. I don't think that's the majority of the people. I think the majority of Black folks are just like, I'm a little cautious, and then also, I'm not gonna make any great efforts to take it. I'll give you a perfect example. So They
0: need to bring it to us. Yeah.
1: If you bring it to me, we're good. And until you do, people are gonna keep acting the same way. I'll give you a perfect example. So last weekend, I was watching local news here in LA. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. They have a special division of the LAPD targeted on shutting down super spreader parties. Because you got folks out here
0: in the hills who just can't stop, won't stop.
1: And it's mostly black and brown people. And I am seeing this live video. There's a guy, I won't say the name, but he was an Instagram promoter. And he was like, we got a Halloween party. We got a lingerie party. (laughs) Excuse me, what is this man doing? We can't do both. We can't act like COVID's not real and not take a vaccine. You got to do one or the other. That's the thing that concerns me. I don't ever want COVID to turn into a moral discussion, like what happened with HIV, where they tried to turn it into a moral issue so people were afraid to talk about it. It's not your personal decision to catch an airborne virus. But folks got to be responsible, and if you don't want to take a vaccine when it is available to you, then I expect you to be wearing a mask and a face shield for the next five years.
0: Well, I think it's also really important to have local folks who are respected. For some people, yes, they'll care if LeBron James takes it. But for other people, it's like, well, if the mother of the church in Bethel AME takes it, then that actually would help 1,000 people in the church actually take it. And I think for certain communities, that's going to be the focal point that we should focus on. If you've got a janitor who works in a hospital, but is also like a leader in his community when he's not a janitor at the hospital, he should be one of the priorities to get it so he can go back to his community and tell everybody, listen, I work in a hospital, I'm high risk, I took this vaccine, and here's what we're doing. So I think we need to reconceptualize who the leaders are in people's communities and actually focus on them to make sure they have
1: it. let's also make this contextual because I saw somebody post this on social media yesterday. I thought it was great. And the guy was like, so the same people who can't tell you what's in ketchup are telling you to not take the COVID vaccine because of what's in it. First off, we've wiped out like chicken pox in our lifetime. I mean, I don't know about you, Dr. Greer. I got chicken pox when I was a kid. No one gets chicken pox anymore.
0: I didn't. You know, I've never had chicken pox. Really? None of my cousins on my dad's side have had it. My dad had it three times. I've never had chicken pox. Neither has my sister. No one. It's like, a, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a mutant. Did you not know that? My hair is going to turn white.
1: I don't See no real powers. Besides, you can't name this squad. If you can't name this squad, you're not a real hero. Just pointing out
0: it's Wonder Woman, Justice League, Green Lantern. It's Nubia, it's Power
1: Girl, it's Cyborg, it's Darla from Shazam, and it's also John Stewart Green Lantern. I'm just saying these are the real Shazam. Yes, there was a black girl, Darla. She's played by Megan Good. There's like seven Shazams with multiple powers. Like Shazam Chat movie? No, Shazam is a superhero. He says Shazam and he gets hit by a lightning bolt and then he turns, and he's got superpowers. You're unfamiliar with this? Curmudgeon.
0: Curmudgeon. <laughs> My name. Okay, so listen, before I let you get out of here, let's move on to our last topic, and that is your boy, Donald Trump. Why is it, Jason Johnson? And you know I know you know the answer, because we've been talking about this ever since we became friends. But the white media still, to this day, in the year of our Lord 2020, does not understand the threat of Donald Trump. This man is absolutely trying to bring on a coup. But he has. It's happening. We are in process. He's got quack lawyers. He's got elected members of his party saying that we should overturn election results. We're now seeing it seep into local races where someone won by 20 percentage points and the Republicans like, it was election fraud. It's like, dude, 20 percentage points. But Donald Trump has started this blueprint of as long as you're unhappy and you're an aggrieved white man, then you can essentially say it's cheating, right? We're seeing people in Georgia because we're targeted and made it easy for Black and Latinx and immigrant folks to vote early. And so we're trying, even though we're not fully protected by the 1965 Voting Rights Act, we're still trying to come up with other ways to include people in the franchise. No, 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 that's cheating. So it's like, oh, equality equals cheating now. And Donald Trump is all about that. Even so, he's calling out people in his own party, Brian Kemp. These men are abused by Donald Trump yet and still sign up to lick his boots. It's sort of like Trump to Putin. It's Republicans to Trump. So why is it that the white media cannot understand that a plus B equals C. One plus two equals three. Like, what is happening? Why do we have to keep going through this? What does he need to do to show us that he does not care about this nation? He will let this nation burn to the ground and he will destroy this country if it means he makes $5 or if he makes nothing just because he doesn't want anybody to have anything if he can't have it. We
1: almost have to break down the differences in how 24-hour media is covering this. Because on the one hand, you've got your crazy extremist Newsmax, who basically had to do a mea culpa because they got ethered in court. And then you have other I think you'd have to break it down by anchors who are still pretending that this could be remotely normal or that this can be dealt with. Here's the thing. We're actually in a coup now. It may not be successful, but we're in a coup now. In addition to everything you said, Dr. Greer, you have death threats and kidnapping plots against sitting public officials, Republicans and Democrats.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, Republicans and Democrats. Death threats to Brian
1: Kemp, death threats and a kidnapping plot against the governor of Michigan. You had a group of white nationalists, anti-maskers, who broke into the state house in Oregon yesterday Mm -hmm. and threw chemical agents on reporters and local cops. And police. I yeah, this is a coup. And I've said, if this was, watch for press, if this was another country, we would be saying this country is falling apart due to ethnic conflict. Because that's what we call racism in other countries. We call it ethnic conflict. We say it's ethnic conflict in Nigeria. We say it's ethnic conflict in the Balkans. That's what's happening. I don't think that enough people see it that way and see the danger of what Donald Trump has done because they don't think ethnic conflict applies to them. White Americans still think they're the norm and don't recognize that they are part of a multicultural polity in this country and that you can have extremes within that polity. They're not seeing the political science that we see. And that's the problem here. People in the Balkans, people in Yugoslavia, they're like, we're all Slavs. No. No, we're not. No, when you had a leader come in and activate those underlying tensions, suddenly your neighbors weren't your neighbors anymore. Well,
0: ask people in Armenia. They had a full on genocide. I think that this is what is so frustrating. You talked about anchors. I'm actually thinking about a lot of people in the print media who have wanted access to Donald Trump. So they haven't called him out some of these headlines every morning. It's like, well, he's meeting with the lawyers to see what his options are. Mom, you ain't got no options. Like, what do you mean you're meeting with your lawyers to see what your options are? Your options are leave your house on January 20th and take your bed bugs and your COVID-ridden pillows with you. Like, what is wrong?
1: Would you have ever seen a headline that says Saddam Hussein meets with staff uh, <laughs> to discuss options of transition? You would never see that. It would be like, no, dude, you've been deposed. Get out of power. Vladimir Putin meets with comms team. Wait, no, right.
0: no. Well, I mean, it's sort of like the past tense or passive tense we use with the 315,000 Americans who have died under Donald Trump's watch. Americans have passed away. Donald Trump actively thinking about next steps. Put two and two together and make four. And I think that to me is why I can't really rest. And we talked about this in previous episodes when everyone was dancing in the street. And, you know, yeah, I put on my blue glasses. I was excited for Biden and Harris. But I have to say the pit in my stomach still exists. I don't think that I will be able to sleep easily until January 20th at 2 p.m. when we have figured out how we will contain Donald Trump in some capacity. Because I think that some of these, like, mealy-mouthed, noodle-spined Republicans, someone like Lindsey Graham, they love power. So they'll fall relatively in line and pretty quickly, quite honestly. We're already starting to see it just a little bit with some of them. So I'm not really worried about that set. I just need Donald Trump to not have an audience. Like, when children need an audience to act out, we need to decrease his audience just a touch.
1: So you know what the argument has been, and I don't know if Jack Dorsey on Twitter will take this into consideration, but you've had a lot of people say, once he's no longer president of the United States, he should be subject to the same rules as anybody else on Twitter. And if he makes violent threats, don't just do the thing where you're going to block what he says. If he makes violent threats, then suspend him. He can go to Parler. He can go to OANN. He can go to Newsmax. That's what we should see. Rather than Donald Trump becoming this huge, powerful entity, I think he moves closer to Sarah Palin. I think the moment this guy is out of office, this becomes less and less interesting to a lot of mainstream press because he can't do anything anymore. And all these crazy unhinged groups are just going to be seen as not just acting on Donald Trump, who is technically our president, so technically we have to defer. It's like, oh, no, you're just crazy because that guy's not in office anymore. That's what I hope happens.
0: What he can do is keep grifting. And so (laughs) as we talk about that in the upcoming week, we'll continue to figure out what's in it for us. Thank you for listening to What's In It For Us. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know.
1: Please email all questions, suggestions and compliments, especially if they're about me and my awesome outfits to podcast at the The what's in it for us podcast is brought to you by the grill and executive produced by Kevin Y. Brown and produced by Abdul Caduce.